0: Hi, I'm Darren Pepperd. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome back into the Leaning into Leadership podcast. Episode number 24 features a conversation that I had recently with Dr. Brandon Beck, Who is Dr. Brandon Beck, you ask? I'm glad that you did. Brandon Beck is an elementary education teacher in Westchester County, New York. He is the author of the book, Unlocking Unlimited Potential. Dr. Beck is a soccer coach. He runs a massive youth soccer program in Westchester County. Dr. Beck has a therapy dog in his classroom through the Muddegree program. He's gonna talk about that today in the episode. And Dr. Beck just happens to be one of my business partners. He and I together do some results coaching called Unlocking Unlimited Potential on the Road to Awesome. The clients that we work with range in all different ways from focusing on the work they're doing as an administrator to maybe trying to launch a speaking career or write a book or finish a dissertation or something along those lines. We love working with our clients together and I will tell you I love working with Brandon because every single time That I have a conversation with him, which is multiple times a week, I know that I think just a little bit different. I know that I'm just a little bit smarter because Brandon's just one of those guys that you can't help but learn from every time he talks. So I know you're going to love this episode. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Road to Awesome. Folks on the Road to Awesome, we focus on three tenets. Number one, how do I show up? What is it that I'm doing to make sure I take care of what I can control and let go of the things that I can't? Number two, we rise by lifting others. Our work is not to push others down. Ours is not to run others over, but rather to lift ourselves by lifting others. And number three, folks, we change the world one conversation at a time. Every conversation we have has the opportunity to leave a positive impact on the life of someone else. That's traveling the road to awesome. And that's the message I wanna bring to your staff. It's that time, leaders. We need to be getting our plans put together for how we welcome our staff back in the fall and bring that positive, encouraging message, that message of hope. I've been through a tough couple of years. Perhaps this is the message they need to hear. Let's get them moving in the right direction let's get them all on the road to awesome. My contact information and everything you need to know is in the show notes, so reach out. Let's have a conversation, folks. Let's get your staff on the road to awesome. Now, on to this episode with Brandon Beck. I know you're going to love it, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, Brandon, thanks so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, man. Um, I know you and I have conversations probably five or six times a week. This is an opportunity to maybe let my listeners in on a little bit of what we talk about. So thanks for joining me on the show, man.
1: I'm pumped to be here. Always an awesome time to record one of our conversations because there's nothing better than actually putting it all out and thinking it through beforehand. So it's been good to talk on the pre-show about it, and I'm pumped to talk about everything that is going on in the world of education right now, and specifically, I guess, what we were saying is how we can keep pushing ourselves in the right direction through that coaching experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So just, just real quick, let's get this out of the way for any of my listeners who don't know Brandon. um, I put a ton of stuff in, uh, in the show notes for you, but Brandon, real quick elevator. Who's Brandon Beck? Why should people be listening to you today?
1: So, my name is brandon beck i reside in westchester county new york i am a national board certified teacher with a doctorate in educational leadership i'm still in the classroom i'm a monolingual bilingual educator i teach in a dual language classroom fifth grade elementary school and i'm really really fortunate i get to bring my dog to school every single day who is a rescue pup who is part of a whole curriculum and program to bring service dogs into schools. So my teaching life is is really a pretty amazing place to be, as well as the rest of things that are going on as well, have been really exciting lately, as I've written a book about two years ago, Unlocking Unlimited Potential. And all of the greatness that has happened from that has been just continuing to write, share my ideas, share the work with others, be able to work with others, and continue to focus on that ultimate goal which is unlocking unlimited potential in all whom we serve
0: you see i i don't know that i could say any better than that i mean i, <laughs> I think you know i do my introduction it's probably nowhere near as as articulate as that so um yeah again I, I i'm fired up for this conversation and um i i almost like struggle with where do we start because again we we are on zoom together i don't even know how many times a week four or five times a week um, for those of you who don't know, Brandon and I actually run a results coaching program together called Unlocking Unlimited Potential on the Road to Awesome. Um, I have a handful of clients that we're working with to help help them move forward with the goals that they have, whether that's breaking into the speaking industry, write a book, complete a doctorate degree, um, what whatever it might be. And um, it, it's something certainly that I, I have found great value in that. Um, I think I grow as an individual by supporting others in in their journey. Where where branded did the passion for coaching come come into play for you? I'm I guess I'm asking your coaching story.
1: Yeah. So for me, my coaching story started as an athlete. I was a soccer player, a serious soccer player as a kid all the way up through high school into college and into even playing semi professionally. And throughout that experience, I started coaching and teaching at the age of 14 and really just was effective, enjoyed it, was able to work with big groups of kids, was able to act above my age in that level, but also just realizing the connection for me as I went to decide what I was going to do for a career. And you get to college and you, you know, some people go undecided, but I went into into college, knowing that I was going to go into elementary education. I've always been an educator. I've always been a teacher in everything I've done. I've had great jobs that have led me along the way, like jobs that I started, like I said, as early as middle school, high school, um, being able to work in a, a project adventure facility for three years as a summer job while I was in college, building rope courses, working with people with neurodiversity, with racial issues with issues of not being able to live their lives without you know someone being an assistant to them the entire way just being able to work with all walks of life and seeing that opportunity inside of all these people from all these levels from all these capabilities to be able to just see how there's that moment that spark that goes off when they really start to to accept that they can be something greater than who they are. That's always been my draw to teaching. That's always been my draw to coaching. And now that after we wrote this book and I reached out, I, I mean, after I wrote this book and I reached out to you and I after reading your book on the uh, you know road to awesome, we talked about it. We were like, coaching is really the way of the future. And what became amazing was that our passion for coaching others Was it we were able to kind of work side by side and create something that would lead to working with educators and be able to meet these amazing people over the past, you know, year and a half since we started this. It's just been what's led me there has just been all of these experiences and being able to continue to see that people have this unlimited potential inside of them and that working with people to help do that. I wish I could do this 100% of the time, every minute of every day, because it's where the passion, where the love is, and where I really look to continue to to grow.
0: You know, I, I think it's something that occasionally gets lost on folks. Um, I actually read a post this morning on Facebook um, that that somebody had said, you know, beware of the consultant or, you know, the, the edu famous or, or whatever this person had said. Um, and, and they went on to list all of these, these different reasons. And, um, I think in this particular individual's case, either they'd been burned maybe by, you know, some, some consultancy group or, or perhaps maybe they just don't understand what's, what's happening in that workspace, the workspace that I exist in the workspace that you exist in. And I think you captured it really well. That you know, I'm not in this to elevate my name. You're not in this to elevate your name. Um, you and I say this together. It's one of the three tenets of the road to awesome. and that is we rise by lifting others. And the more we can support others and see others be successful, I mean, you and I have have two clients in particular who just recently signed book deals. Uh, they're they're finishing their book. They're starting to push out into the speaker space, and they're really excited about what they're doing. And like you, I was an athletic coach, too. I mean, I coached football, I coached basketball, I coached tennis. And I always loved those moments. In fact, I will tell you this, Brandon, and it always goes back to basketball, because that that was my primary love as a coach. I still miss going to practice. You know, yes, games are great. And you know, competition is awesome. But I love going to practice because you had those moments where you, know, you could stop and work on something specific and give that, that feedback, that third point perspective that you and I talk about so much uh, with our clients. I just think it's really powerful. and what what I, what I hope eventually we see, not just working together, but see for coaching in general and education, is that it starts to become a little bit more, I guess, accepted or more mainstreamed You know, uh, for so long, you know, having a coach meant one of two things. You know, you weren't any good at what you were doing or you were about to get fired. That's not what coaching is. It's not that at all. It's high-performing people who want to be even more high-performing. I mean, right? Isn't that how you see it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that about practices because I feel the exact opposite. I am the gamer. I am all about the games. The practices just sometimes I love to do. it. It's great to focus in on something. And we all love to do the hard work, but we also like to really get in there and and be on game day when we get the opportunity to shine. We get the opportunity to to do that thing that we worked our way up to. Um, So it's funny, funny you say that. Um, But that's what makes us, you know, a great team to work with. I always say that. And, you know, and educators, we are educators, but, you know, I have the majority of my experiences as a teacher. You're the, you know, the repurposed school administrator, right? I guess. Is that what you are? The, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the school, leader, yeah. school leader, successful school leader, recovering high school principal, yeah. all of that great stuff. Um, but roll that into one. And our experience throughout the years, I think it's really cool to to be able to use that for good, right? To be able to use that. And that's what's been so great about the past two years in education you know, it's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. A lot of people are like, oh, well, every, every, all the great teachers are leaving education. They're leaving, they're leaving, they're leaving. But they're not leaving education. You know, they're leaving to go on to something that they're creating on their own that's really amazing or another organization that sunk a bunch of money into education so that they could grow and go and try something else that would allow them to be – financially stable or instable or just taking that big leap. But the majority of them are still in education from what I've seen in my experience. And I think that that's something we should note is that it's not so much the fact that people are leaving because they're tired and exhausted and not being treated poorly. They're also leaving because they're finding better opportunities to innovate and create and, and be a part of these awesome opportunities that they've been dreaming about.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you're absolutely hitting, hitting something that's super, super important because for, for a period of time, you know, there was this, you know, when people left education to go into consulting or go to work for, you know, one of the, maybe, you know, maybe it's like a, you know, a, a Jocelyn's or a Balfour, you know, the, the, you know, um, yearbook photos and and you know graduation stuff or when people would leave the profession to go work you know in those support uh, support professions sometimes people would look at them a little bit negatively. So many people are doing now similar to to what I'm doing that you know we're stepping out in a way where the idea is to just be able to help more than just who was in my building or who was in my district. And I, I love that you said, you know, just in the in the past two years, because what we've seen is just this astronomical growth of the PLN, the professional learning network. And and much of it was almost by force, you know, we were at home. You know, how else are we gonna connect with people we're gonna connect through through platforms like Zoom or StreamYard, StreamYard like we're using today or social media, you know, all the various types of social media. And, and you're right. I think a lot of educators are leaving because they see another opportunity to continue to make an impact in education, not just simply I'm burned out. I'm done. I'm not saying that's not happening because it is, and it's happening at an alarming rate still, but you're, you're right. We can't, we can't just say it's a blanket. Everybody's leaving because they're burned out and and they just want to walk away from education and go do fill in the blank. I don't even want to say anything to fill in the blank because I don't want it to sound derogatory. Any of it, you know, right. whatever whatever people are choosing to do, it's their life. It's their path. Um, I posted something yesterday. Um, I don't I don't know if you saw it or not. I'm I'm reading right now. I'm reading the book Illogical by Emmanuel Acho. Brilliant book, by the way. And he says something in there about your calling. And what he he essentially says is your calling is your calling. It's not a conference call. It's your calling. And I think we, we have to be mindful that a lot of educators are following their calling just in a very different way right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that that comes back into that idea of coaching because there's no greater time. Than now, when you're going into these places where you're starting to see all of these opportunities and you're starting to say, Hey, maybe I can put my toe in the water, or Hey, maybe I can go and just dive right in and go for the whole thing. There's room for growth in all of those places. And I think that's where you go to a coach for someone to listen, give you that third point perspective, but also with experience, you know, people that have that are doing the research that are currently in the field that have been in the field for a while that are seeing and analyzing and and noticing trends. And it's not even just like when we coach with our clients to me, it's, it's not like they're coming to us and being like, well, tell us everything to do. It's more or less, we're working together. I mean, we're all, you know, I walk out of every single coaching meeting that we have with something that I got to do because that's what that person is doing. And, and that is a good thing to keep going. So it allows you to kind of focus on, it's almost like I call it the pyramid scheme of professional development, right? Because I'm here yeah, that's a good at way the to top, put it. and I'm the coach, and I started this organization, and then I have this other person, and then uh, now I have a client, and then I have another client, another client together, we all meet in a round table. All of a sudden, we're now really everybody's Everybody's winning because you're part of that. And so that's what the coaching experience should be like. And if you're in a situation where it's a coaching experience and you're just going to somebody so they'll tell you what to do, well, nobody's going to give you the answers because you have the answers. And it's all about digging and finding that diamond inside of you that you want to bring out because there's so many opportunities. And that, that continues to change as the world changes, and every single day, there's new opportunities that come out. And so being able to have someone to help you manage it, being able to have someone that you can check in on, being to able to have somebody who emails you at seven o'clock in the morning and is like, hey, did you do your hard work last night? That's what you want, that's what you need, in my opinion, and that's what I've learned from the research of all the successful personal development experts that are out there. That's what the same thing they're saying, but, we're gonna be the one that calls you and, and emails you and checks in on you because we genuinely care because this work was meaningful and purposeful to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's it's interesting because it has it creates one well, one of the things that I've noted and, and just love about the clients that that we currently work with is there's this shared accountability and not not that you know that dark I guess aura that hangs around the word accountability in education, like you know, oh, your test scores weren't high enough, or your grad rate wasn't high enough, or anything like that. But rather, there is this collective, you know, um, I, I won't, I won't use their name, but the person that you and I met with last night, um, our, our coaching call last night. Um, I know you don't want to let him down. I don't want to let him down, and you know when he comes on, he can't wait to let us know what he's accomplished, and when he maybe falls a little short of his mark, he's willing to say, you know, hey, I might have missed the mark here a little bit. And, and there's almost kind of like a, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't quite get there. But but what we what it's created is, again, this shared accountability where together, we want to support each other and we want to help each other continue to grow and to get better. And honestly, to achieve the goals that That each of us have you know you and i obviously have goals together with uup on the rta Um, each of our clients they have goals that they're trying to accomplish and it's again back to something that, that we were talking about earlier it's very rewarding to to feel the victory it's someone else's victory but but to to feel that victory a little bit it's kind of like coaching an athletic team back back to the actual games back to the actual games i mean there's there's a lot to be said for that feeling of seeing your your players go out and be successful. And it's the same thing with the clients that we're coaching. Uh, seeing them be successful is, it's a pretty great feeling, man. It really is.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really the the cherry on top of it all. And that's, you know, we, we say that we don't do it for the award. And we don't do it for the recognition because we don't. We do it for the result of seeing the progress of others and i mean we're i always say this after i have a call like this is life-changing stuff because what you're watching is transformation take place you're seeing someone who's saying i would like to improve in these areas this is how i'm going to do it i'm going to do it you're going to keep me accountable you're going to help me plan it out in small chunks along the way so that I can continue to get that 1% better every single day and if we continue to grow by those percentages we're just going to continue to become a better person and we're going to become that person that we want to be that we keep saying who we are and I think that that is just the pinnacle of success I feel like that's it's unlocking unlimited potential it takes the road to awesome to get there but the unlimited potential piece is that we all really have inside of us a limitless ability and a lot of times our limiting beliefs happen because of our past experiences you know so for example you might believe well well, I can't become a millionaire because you know growing up my family you know we struggled with money and you know we were we just that's not possible for me I don't know what that looks like or you might say I'm going to become a you know, an entrepreneur, and I'm going to jump out into this space. But your story is that, you know, everybody in your family had a, you know, they were all they were teachers, your parents were teachers and your job now to go and do something outside of that. How are you going to do that? So those are where those limiting beliefs come in. And I think what happens is when people go and rise above them, obviously it takes a tremendous amount of work and everybody has the doubt every time you try to take those steps forward because things do get in the way. It becomes harder the bigger you dream. And I think that as you sit here and and go through it, at the end of the day, to be able to be a part of experiencing that transformation, it all just, it's an amazing feeling. It's its really amazing and, and really what I believe to be the pinnacle of being a teacher.
0: So let's jump off of something that you just you just said uh, in that last little bit. Uh, you talked about the entrepreneurship and uh, it just it just kind of sparked a thought in my head about how uh, obviously we're seeing you know the great resignation and, and a lot of people jumping into you know into the entrepreneurial space. And what what I what I really heard you say there and what really clicked in my head was something I've heard from quite a few people when, you know when my wife and i made this leap with Dawson to, to be full-time entrepreneurs a lot of people hold that limiting belief that well no i need to stay in this position until i have reached my full retirement age or until i am fully vested in retirement or what do you, what do you what would you say to someone if i had come to you a year ago and actually we had a conversation a year ago about this but if I had come to you and said, you know, am I am I making a mistake by jumping out and walking away from yes, the it still sits there in a retirement account, but am I am I making a mistake by taking a risk, in this case, you know, leaving a fairly well paying job, benefits, all that kind of stuff to to strike out on my own, what what would you say to either me or any other person who's thinking about being an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, and we've had this conversation numerous times with uh, with our clients as well throughout the process, throughout the year, the, the year and a half uh, of this whole program since it started. The first thing is, is I'm gonna tell you, is I don't have every answer to that question. I don't know every single state's pension system in the United States. I don't know exactly all of those details. But you can find out. So that to me is always the first step. Like if that's where your concern is, if that's your limit, if that's your limitation, then you need to start there. You need to start there with finding out those details. And it's a phone call. It's a couple emails, maybe attending a workshop. And it can be done quickly. And But it's a big decision. So you should put the time in that you need to do it. But at least you're moving forward towards that. And then when you go from the entrepreneurship and and that part of it is, you know, I would ask you to just talk it through a little bit. What have you done your research? What, who are the people out there that you're trying to be like? Are you trying to speak? Are you trying to consult? Are you trying to um, write a book? What is it that you want to do? Where do you want to start? You know, because as you start to envision those things, you know, this is why we walk everybody through. The simple process that derives from Tony Robbins is the RPM. You know, when you identify what the goal is that you want to go through, you start to figure out the steps along the way that are attached to the purpose.
0: Yeah, that, that RPM is so powerful. Um, you know, when you start to really think about what are the results that, that you're looking for, you know, and, and you start to, you know, really dig in. Um, and you think about you know what does the massive action plan look like and and you know a series of questions that that we ask our clients um, tie into the one that, the one that always gets me you and I had this conversation with one of our clients uh, a little over a week ago um, you know who am I going to become as a result of this work and not who am I going to become in terms of how I impact others but myself. You know, we we tend to lose sight of that, especially as educators, because we're we are so service driven. We're so focused on filling the cups of others and lifting others up and supporting others that we forget sometimes, you know, about the impact that it has on us as as human beings. Um, that that work uh, with the RPM folks, it is so so powerful, and it's incredible to to watch that transformation and to hear people reflect upon those around those really deep questions. Um, it's, it's really super powerful stuff. Um, I, I want to, I want to kind of run with that a little bit, but now I want to turn that a little bit on Brandon Beck and you know, what, what might be the, the massive action plan, the RPM that Brandon is working on for himself. I know in addition to the coaching work we're doing, you have, you have so much going on right now. In addition to being in the classroom, running this massive soccer program, coaching soccer. Um, you've got the book out there. We'll talk about the book in a minute. Um, and now pushing yourself also into that speaker space too. What's, oh, and, and let's not forget about the service dog thing too. Cause that's not <laughs> just, not, not, the, not just, it is, it is. It's not, it's not just having your dog in your classroom. There's. A lot of work around mud agrees, and and some of the things you're doing there. I just threw a whole lot of here's what's going on in Brandon, in Brandon Beck's life. Um, pick one of those. Let's let's run with that. Talk about yeah. kind of where you're going, and what are you focusing on, and, and sure, how do how do you do it? I mean, you know, I so
1: as a teacher still have in a the classroom, <laughs> you know, so so as a teacher still in the classroom every day. Um, I use my summers, I use my vacations, I use those times to. Now, get the opportunity because this book that I wrote, Unlocking Unlimited Potential, was wr- written during the pandemic. It came out in 2020. And so, its entire release, I didn't even have a release party with my family. Like, I've been telling them we need to do that. It's like a year and a half later. And so, um, but the thing is, is, is this book has a lot of amazing work in it. You're relying around the idea of that it is our ultimate goal of educators to unlock unlimited potential. And So now I'm taking that work out into the space now beyond the virtual classroom. And I am so, 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 so excited and pumped to be able to be in person because I haven't been able to deliver it in person the way that I want to. So I am so excited about that. So in the summer, I have school districts that are coming in asking for keynotes and workshops And different variations of speaking opportunities from working with summer camp staff all the way up to working with schools for teachers and school openings, administrators, leaders, and being able to be on that level has just really, that's what I'm focusing on right now. That's my biggest RPM is to be able to really build up the summer so that I, I get a lot of great contacts. I'm not looking to be in 500 schools. I'm looking into be in good places with good people that we can continue the relationship. Because for me to go into a school, it's not the spray and pray approach. I don't want to go in there and just be there one day and never see these people again. It's my goal to be able to be someone who is consistently involved in the capacity that I can be.
0: Oh, you've definitely got got a great message to be sharing, um, folks. If you're if you're looking for somebody who can bring that that real positive energy and that real positive message, um, and not just simply a positive message, but somebody with a plan behind it, with with a way to really look at how are you managing in your classroom, on your bus, in your school district, whatever your role might be, how are you managing? to find opportunities to unlock the unlimited potential in the people that you serve that you get that you get to work with on a daily basis brandon is definitely definitely your guy that uh, that you want to have a conversation with um I, I i gotta come back to the to the mud grease thing though man um you know i had um i don't even know how long ago it was i had bethany hill on the show and bethany of course um you know talk about a an edgy rock star she is totally a rock star but she has now started to go down this path too and she talked about the service dog that she is using with her program there in Arkansas I actually told her at that time I'm like you need to connect with Brandon knowing that you were doing this work how, how did you get into this work how did how did that like spark in your head that this is something you wanted to do. What what obstacles did you run? Wanted or did you run into those types of things? Maybe maybe share that with those who who are seeing the the value of a service dog, maybe in their room.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to Archie. That is the dog that you were just speaking about. Um, and then uh, I fell backwards into it. I'm not going to lie. Just like any teacher out there, sometimes you listen to your students a lot. And when they really push for something and when they really want something and you present the opportunity that there are dogs around in schools around the United States every single day, they start to to ask questions. And because they started to ask the right questions, it led me down a path through with my family to adopt a dog from a shelter, a 13 week old poodle, standard poodle named Peaches. And we adopted her, and the whole idea was that it was part of this program through Yale University School for S- the School for the 21st Century, and in coordination with the Pet Savers Foundation and Animal League of America. Their goal is to put animals, dogs, in schools, but not necessarily not purebreds, rescue dogs, and so there's the curriculum also it was designed with the, with Caesar Milan, AKA the dog whisperer. Um, I've had the opportunity to have like a training with Caesar in his living room in, uh in during COVID, like in the pandemic while virtually being there with like five other people. It was amazing. Um, so being able to be a part of that, she comes to school now, she's been in our school now for, for almost three years. And so it's, she, The work that she does is she comes to school and works with kids in different capacities, but pretty much she's just a pet. She's there for kids to pet. We talk about animal emotions through the curriculum that was designed, and there's so many opportunities for the connections between animal emotion and human emotions, and I'm hoping to work on, you know, putting this into something later in the future because I am keeping track of all this and I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing researchers lately who have been doing incredible research about the work with dogs in schools and it's something that I'm really excited about and I could not have told you 10 years ago that this would have been something I never had a dog before and never even had a dog before wow
0: that's crazy that's crazy. so this is your first
1: dog and yes
0: now you have peaches in, in your classroom on a daily basis. I think that's, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Do you, do you get any pushback from parents or, you know, I don't know, people in the community, maybe other teachers. I mean, anybody push back on that?
1: So obviously that's something we all think about. She happens to be a hypoallergenic dog. That was one of the reasons that I, I was kind of looking for a dog like that. Cause I didn't want to have to worry about that, even though there are other dog allergies like saliva and stuff. Um, But in terms of pushback is everybody has the opportunity to opt out or to let us know. But our entire school has no opt outs and that's over 500 kids and there's no opt out. So they're able to pet her in the hallway. We actually added that component this year because so many kids would see her in the hallway and would just want to like say hello and just want. So it's it's done amazing things for culture and climate and so, if there are any issues or any allergies or anything like that, um, I will follow up with the person or the school. Will follow up with the person. We'll get we'll dig a little deeper. If there is, you know, I work. She works with kids that are ten and eleven years old. So there is fear of dogs. There are people with fear of dogs. There's even adults with fear of dogs, um, which yeah. I've learned throughout this process. Um, but they can They know that they can go up to the dog if they want and they don't have to so but it's always funny because i every single year 100 percent of the time i've always had a handful of kids whose parents come to me saying like we're worried about her just letting you know she does have a fear he does have a fear of dogs and i'm like a week and a half later sending them pictures of their kid like laying on the floor like snuggling with the dog and i'm like i think he i think they're all right now yeah no, but it's it's just it's it's wild. And she's just happens to be an amazing dog, super well trained. Obviously, I invested in training like right away because I wanted this to work. Um, but it's it's been unbelievable. Like I can't even not bring the dog to school now because the 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 classroom is more calm when she's in. Kids are able to self-regulate because they know when they get excited, she gets excited and thinks it's playtime, and she'll start like moving around the room quickly, like wagging her tail and then when we settle and start to do work she'll literally pass out on the floor it's so funny so they can we can kind of gauge it that's just one of the many examples
0: I think that's outstanding. I, I just, I just love that. You know, as a principal, I had that request a couple of times about about having, um, you know, a, a service animal, you know, a, a, essentially a, a social emotional animal uh, in the school, and we were never able to make it make it a reality. But I wish that we would have been able to do that. Um, you know, obviously working from home now, I'm home with my two dogs all the time, and you know, there are definitely those times where. For me, it's it's almost therapeutic to just, you know, go go and sit with one of them or both of them, and just, you know, I mean, your dog will always let you know everything's okay, you know, you're you're fine, you know, and and the most important things are the most important things, and my dogs help me help me at least uh, stay focused on that. So um, this may not end our conversation, but but I want to make sure I get my last, if you will, air quotes, question in, um, and we'll see where it takes us, but. Um, Leaning Into Leadership is the name of the podcast, so I ask every one of my guests, Brandon, how right now are you leaning into leadership?
1: Well, I'm, there's so many different ways, but one way I'm leading in is I'm continuing to check on my people, check on the people that are out there, check on the people that I lead, connect with them, You know, not just work-related, but just how's it going, sending them an article, sending them um, something that, an inspirational video or an inspirational quote, or just Staying consistent on social media, because for me, it's important to stay consistent on social media, because I feel like it's important that people's feeds are full of meaningful, positive information, positive, inspirational stuff, because in all the madness, you need to keep going. And that's not toxic positivity. That is in all the madness. You need to keep going. You need to push yourself to grow and keep growing. And I think that that's really important to include as part of how I'm continuing to to lead because it has to start with you, number one, but you also have to make sure that the people around you are in check because there's a lot of things going on under the surface. I mean, all the recent events that have happened in schools, it's a tricky time to be in schools right now. There's a lot of elephants in the room. There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of worries. There's a lot of fears. And... We just have to try to keep going and lead for our people. And I think the best way to do that is by making sure, checking in with people, making sure they're OK, giving them a break if they need it, and just also checking in and being that accountability partner to make sure they're still focused on growing.
0: Yeah, I th- I love that you talked about being positive there, because I think, um, and I like that you brought up uh, toxic positivity too, because, you know, that's certainly become, you know, a phrase that we we see thrown about here and there, and, and it, it is a real thing, you know, but it's very difficult, and there's a fine line, I think, and I'm curious your take on this, but I think there's a very fine line that exists between po- toxic positivity and that understanding that being positive in a difficult situation is not being toxic. It's being realistic. It's being a leader. And, you know, we're, we're all going to have those moments where, you know, some negativity creeps in or, you know, some difficult, harsh realities come to light. Goodness knows that's, that's happened across our country in just the last couple of weeks. Some very difficult, very harsh realities that need to be addressed. But that doesn't mean that we can't lose a positive outlook on the world, on our life, on those who are around us. So I, I I don't know. I guess I'm curious your take a little bit on that that balance between throwing toxic positivity out there and, you know, being positive in a difficult situation.
1: Yeah, well, toxic positivity to me is dismissing reality. Like you're completely ignoring it. And I don't think that's what I do often or at all. And I think that there are times where people think that because of all of these events keep happening, that at some point we're like, oh, we can't have these conversations anymore. We just got to, you know, we just got to keep going, open up the book to page 43, get out your pencils, let's get rolling. Like, that's that's what that would lead to you're you, it, honestly it doesn't go very far toxic positivity has a very short short lifespan it doesn't get you very far you got to be able to kind of look at your your reality and you got to be able to understand that the positivity is that your reality ask yourself this question is it greater is it greater than or equal to or not equal to Your potential. Because if your reality is really, really great and you believe that it's really, really great, but it's not really the truth, you're dismissing that. You're dismissing it again. That's a toxic positivity. It's not going to get you very far. But if you keep believing that you can have something better, if you keep believing that you can really go after those big goals and you develop those plans to get after those big goals, Then that's the positivity that you're going to put out there because you're relying under the impression that every day you can get that much better and every day you can keep going and that's the kind of positivity that you have it's not toxic because that positivity has a longer lifespan so that's the idea there is for that positivity to have a longer lifespan in order for you to do that you got to continue to push yourself forward do the hard work you got to keep believing that you can do better and that your potential is limitless and how can you keep getting to that next level of your potential
0: absolutely man i love that 100 i think i think that's a great place for us to to wrap up our conversation today brandon thanks so much for being on the leaning into leadership podcast folks everything you need to know how to connect with brandon is in the show notes Um, take my advice get connected with this guy if you are not already Uh, brandon have an amazing day man thanks so much thank you Man, I love it when I get a chance to sit and talk with Brandon, and I hope you enjoyed it as much uh, as I did. Definitely a fun conversation and a great person for, for you to get to know. If you have not purchased your copy of Unlocking Unlimited Potential, folks, make sure you do that. It's a great book, definitely worth the time to, uh, to put in the read on that book. So let's jump right into a pep talk for this week. And before I actually give the pep talk, I'm going to tell a little bit of a backstory. So the last couple of weeks, as I said in the intro, I've been traveling and speaking at some different conferences, which means hauling a lot of stuff around. And among the things that I haul around when I'm speaking at conferences, of course, is my computer. Well, after completing my keynote address on Tuesday of this week, I closed my computer, brought it over to the table where I was signing some books, and I opened it back up, and I noticed some weird lines on the side. And as it turns out, I have a crack in the LCD uh, display of my computer. Not, not something that doesn't happen, I get that, and thank goodness for AppleCare, but folks, I'm without my computer for at least a week. Now, I am able to use the other computer we have here at the house, my wife's computer, but you know that means we're sharing. I can do some things on my phone, but it's not quite the same thing. I tell you this because, you know, sometimes it might end up being a blessing that we have to disconnect. That's how I am choosing to look at this situation. I am without my computer, and honestly, I probably spend way too much time on my computer because that's pretty much where I work from. This is gonna give me an opportunity to maybe take a step back, maybe disconnect just a little bit more, and probably be A little bit more efficient and a little bit better at what I do as a result. So your pep talk simply is this. Don't be afraid to disconnect. Don't be afraid to step away from the device and figure that, hey, it might be a good thing for me. This is an opportunity to just breathe. You know, as as a school principal, I'll never forget that first year. We got into June, and I found out in June that if I didn't use certain amount of vacation time I lost it and I had like nine days that I had to use and so I took them like immediately and went right out to the golf course and I went so far as to disconnect my uh, social media I disconnected my email from my phone I mean I just completely disconnected and it was probably the best thing I could have done so you know if you've had one of those years you're you're pretty worn out I'd be surprised if you didn't have one of those years Take some time this summer at some point in time and just disconnect. It'll still be there for you when you're done. Thanks for listening in to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. As always, I appreciate you. If you appreciate us, click subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love to hear from my listeners. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you'd like to hear more of here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.